0: Today we are celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, I had the really fortunate opportunity with my friend Mayor Eric Adams, who's on the plane back from El Paso, Texas, as we speak, to feed the homeless. And at one point, I was on his left, and Norman Siegel was on his right, and he said, look at this, my conservative friend Sid Rosenberg on my left, my liberal friend Norman Siegel on my right. had a couple of words with Norman, who's a very, very nice guy, very nice guy. And Norman Siegel actually did walk with MLK back in the day, so he's the perfect guy to have on right now, former executive director of the New York Civil Liberties Union, big-time civil rights organization guy, Norman Siegel. Norman, good morning. How are you, pal?
1: Good morning, Sid. Thank you for that very nice intro, and I hope our good friend Eric is doing well on coming back from El Paso.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm glad he went. But first, I I do want to say that, you know, while you and I are certainly on different sides of the political aisle, I mean really different sides, uh, it was great seeing you a couple of weeks ago. You're a mensch, you're a gentleman, and I enjoyed doing that. I think I'm going to do it again this Wednesday, but at any rate, it was nice seeing you a couple of weeks ago.
1: Well, likewise, and uh, it also reflects on Martin Luther King. Uh, One of the things I respected about Dr. King and SELC, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, was their approach of reconciliation. Uh, Generally speaking, they did not write people off. They never gave up on anyone, and I think that made them successful in bringing coalitions together. Uh, Eric is similar. Uh, It's not unusual to have uh, you on his left, remember that you were on his left, and I, I was on his right. Yes, and that's funny. Uh, <laughs> and, and ironically, just the opposite, probably that's ideologically, funny. but ideologically is not the real uh, litmus test. And as Dr. King and his uh, said it sixty years ago, when he had the "I Have a Dream" speech on August twenty ninth, nineteen sixty three, and he talked about you judge folks by their character, not the color of their skin, and you should judge people by their character all the time.
0: Agreed. And now, did you, um, I think I read this, talking about different sides of the aisle and coming together, and that's it. Uh, that's exactly what Martin Luther King Jr. wanted. You went to, um, to law school with Rudy Giuliani?
1: That is correct. We and, were in law school at NYU from 1965 to 68, and the two issues during that period were The Southern Civil Rights Movement, and the war in Vietnam, and uh, there were many students who participated in lots of activities during that period. Uh, Rudy did not, and I always said that one of the things that changed for my generation is from '65 to '68. It was such a tumultuous period, and we all changed. It didn't look like Rudy changed during that period.
0: Okay, so you and Rudy, it's safe to say. He invited me yesterday to watch the Giant game in his New York City apartment. I imagine you were not invited. Is that fair to say?
1: (laughs) No. And actually, when we had our 50th reunion, everyone was calling me and saying, you think Rudy will come? And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call and invite him personally, and I'll guarantee him that no one will give him a hard time at the reunion because we're classmates. At least we share with that. I left him the message. Uh, he never called back, and in fact, he never showed. Never showed. Okay,
0: uh, this is Norman Siegel. Uh, before we get to your personal experiences with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he talked about tumultuous time between '65 and '68. I was born Norman in uh, 1967, April 19th. I was coming up on my one-year birthday when King was assassinated in uh, in Tennessee. But uh, we always have this argument back and forth on this show, especially. It seems like it's never been worse, more political divide, more visceral reactions between Republicans and Democrats than now. And people blame Donald Trump for that. That's fine. I don't, but that's fine. Uh, More tumultuous, more divided now or back in those days, which some think was the worst time for this country?
1: No, I, I agree. I think that it's more tumultuous now. The divisions are so disappointing. Uh, I always used to tell people that you give me two hours. I come from a working-class family in Brooklyn. father was a printer, mom a homemaker, and uh, I always said, give me two hours. Any community I'll go in, uh, we can make some progress. Uh, I don't think that's true today. There are people, because for various reasons, uh, we can't talk to each other, we can't listen, we can't agree to disagree very troubling for me and when I deal with even people from the left uh, there's similar kind of disunity on a lot of issues I jokingly go in New York you go to a meeting and there's a gender of ten things and you can agree on eight or nine of them and then you get to the last issue in the meeting people then get up they cuss each other whatever people walk out Uh, the beauty of Dr. King That whole period, at least for me, when I was uh, in the South, in Atlanta, uh, whenever I heard that Dr. King was going to speak, you know, his church was was his daddy's church. It was called Daddy King. Uh, Wherever I was, if I heard that Martin was going to speak, I got in my car, got over there as quickly as I could uh, to listen because he believed in the principles of freedom and justice and equality and fairness. mark of his approach and the whole idea of reconciliation Uh, today we have cancer culture I hate it Uh, let's disagree I don't care that you're a conservative right Uh, I'll deal with your issues if I can't deal with your issues then it's my problem and I've changed over time other people change over time and therefore you know with dr. King he was so special You know, he walked into a room, his presence was felt, he was smart, well-read, respected, non egotistical When he spoke every word, every word counted, his words were like pearls on a string. Mm. His thoughts, his ideas, they were clear, they were substantive and wrong and thoughtful. Uh, You know, his I-have-a-dream speech that I made reference before, I live by that creed. judge people by that character— not necessarily for the color of their skin. And he was a great orator, uh, and probably the best orator I've ever heard. I I really recommend people, if they would just listen to some of his speeches, whether you agree with it, at least recognize he was very sincere. He was very compassionate and passionate. Uh, He was one of a kind.
0: He was. Norman Siegel is the former executive director of the New York Civil Liberties Union and the NYCLU, New York's leading civil rights organization under the umbrella of the nationwide American Civil Liberties Union, of course the ACLU, as well as a former candidate for public advocate in New York City and a noted civil rights attorney. We're going to take a short break and come back with Norman Siegel on this special day and talk about Norman's personal experiences with the great Martin Luther King Jr., on this special Monday edition unchained of the number 1 Nielsen rated news talk show in New York City that's us Sid and Friends in the morning Talk Radio 77 unchained WABC Because you don't love me no more my heart. Every time I call you on the phone Some fellas tells me that you're not at home so unchained my heart of oh, peace set me free entertaining and informative this is sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Right. Back here with uh, Norman Siegel, big-time former executive director of the NYCLU, ACLU, big uh, civil rights attorney. Hey, Norm, I was told that um, way back when you actually had some personal experience with Martin Luther King Jr., walked with him, and is all that true?
1: Well... There were marches that he was up front, and I wasn't next to him, but I was okay. in those at least that march that I can remember. Uh, I, as I said before, I uh, was in Atlanta in '66 and '67, yep. part of a thing called the Law Student Civil Rights Research Council. And, uh, you know, the part uh, I can remember being at Ebenezer, and Dr. King would walk into the room, uh, his presence was felt. Uh, The way he uh, spoke and the way he reached out to people is something that more and more people need to do today. Uh, His speech about Let Freedom Ring, uh, he he didn't just talk about Let Freedom Ring from Snow Mountain in Georgia or Lookout Mountain in Tennessee or from the hills of Mississippi. He talked about the mighty mountains of New York. He talked about the scopes in California. Uh, And then he concluded by talking about from every mountainside, let freedom ring. So he wasn't just pointing his finger at the southern states. He understood that this was a national issue. And I've always taken that to realize that what Dr. King was telling us is that no single person, uh, no matter how good you think you are, uh, can take on some of these Uh, huge uh, issues, human issues, and what you need to do if you're a leader, you need to inspire people and include people, not exclude them. And again, never give up on people. Uh, He focused on racial equality, voting rights, economic rights. The Vietnam War was very controversial when he gave the Riverside speech. Yeah. He
0: opposed it, obviously, and he took uh, some beatings for that. 60- and he
1: eventually, before yeah. he was assassinated, he was working, and I was looking forward to, when I got out of law school in summer of sixty eight to join the Poor People's Campaign, mm. which would have been an issue all about class and economic issues. And I always think that that really was threatening a lot of people in power, the idea of bringing people, not just across racial lines, but economic lines That's the thing that Dr. King really had the potential to do, and from my perspective, there's no one, no one who even comes close to the kind of inspirational leadership that Martin King created for us uh, almost six decades ago.
0: Well, Norman, it's uh, great to have you on uh, on this day because you certainly appreciated Martin Luther King Jr., as most people do, by the way. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you don't love Martin Luther King Jr., then you have some real issues. But you're the perfect guy to speak to today, uh, all those years with the ACLU and the NYCLU, the civil rights work you've done over your lifetime. Again, it was great seeing you two weeks ago. Thanks for hopping on today, Norman Siegel, and stay well, buddy. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sid. It's a pleasure being here and a pleasure getting to know you as well.
0: Same here. Ditto. Norman Siegel right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning.